Talk Brunch. Served hot. Talk Brunch Live. WrestleMania 36, day one post show. Rick Dara here with Destin Frazier and Roxy Toxic. So I'm not saying night one was pretty damn good, but all I'm saying is we had a man jump off the sign. We sure did. I was fucking hyped. Yeah. It's WrestleMania weekend, guys. Whether you like it or not. So, so far I like it. Yeah. Thank you to everyone who's been here all evening. We're going to get into shout outs at the end. going to do it for both nights of this. Hope everyone enjoyed it as much as we did. Hope you all had fun. Thank you to everyone listening to us on iTunes, Stitcher as well. All of our major digital audio providers, SoundCloud, TalkBrunch.com, live in the chat room. I got to say, I was pleasantly surprised as far as day one went. And it did not have as much filler as a lot of us had anticipated. It it really was more uh, just match after match. I thought we were going to have a lot of vignettes and be ad-ridden and thought we were going to be honoring uh, all of the disabled children and all of the breast cancer survivors as well as everyone from black history all balled into one even worse gronk yeah i thought we were going to be honoring gronk (laughs) 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 but yeah we're going to get right into it we have two nights of this we're going to talk about what's on night two after this and we're going to tell you what's here and what's to be included we have a clearer vision of exactly what the card is now there was more transparency. The voting polls have been updated. We're going to get into all of that wonderful stuff. Uh, so the first thing we had was they announced five hours before the show the kickoff matches. We're going to talk about the one that's included in night one, which was uh, Drew Gulak against Cesaro. And what were your thoughts on this match? I mean, smash mouth exactly like you would expect from these two. But I wasn't expecting... I only, I wouldn't say I wasn't expecting... The, when it comes to who wins and who loses, just not how it happened. I can see that, yeah. Like, it was it was unexpected, for sure. Like, cool, but unexpected. Yeah. it was. Uh, it's weird that they waited until the last minute to announce matches like this just because of the fact that it's, uh, like, we know everything's in the can already. So are they just trying to still have kayfabe, like, suspense? Like, this just in, match just happened. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, we, we know this thing's been done for a week now, so it's like... Why hold off until right before the pay-per-view to say something? Yeah, no clue what they were thinking here. Uh, It'd be one thing if this got changed up at the last minute. That'd be different, but I mean. Mm-hmm. So voting results came in with Cesaro at 60%. Thank you to people who got those those uh, last-minute votes. And Drew Gulak at 20% DQ, no contest at 20%. I'm surprised you guys predicted this because they were pushing Gulak. But Cesaro goes over Gulak with the European uppercut and then follows it up with the airplane spin. Yeah, like a, 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 a inverted airplane spread where at one point he just takes his hands away and just goes straight shoulders. Like, you know. And the thing about that is that uh, you're pushing this guy. You know, what happened to New Gulak? You know, they were pushing this guy. He, he impressed Daniel Bryan. And it's not only just an airplane spin, which isn't his default finisher, but it was an air, airplane spin after they emphasized that the guy had, an, had a bummed arm. Yeah, and I mean, with everything we've seen Gulak survive, 
when it comes to people like beating the living shit out of him, it was just like, and it wasn't even like one of those Tyler Bate airplanes been where he spins them for like twenty minutes straight. Like it was just kind of like a regular one, so it was kind of weird. But I think when it comes to him losing, I guess considering that it's two groups feuding, I can kind of get it. Because it's not like it's going to be a one and done. Like, you're probably going to go at it again. But just like of all things, like kind of like an airplane spin. Like, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I just I just felt that. Uh, That's not, this, I think it's the only thing that kind of bothers me about it. Like, with everything we've seen Cesaro an do, like airplane an airplane spin, spin kill shot. an airplane spin, and the guy has an injured arm that does it. It just makes the other guys like it's one thing that he goes over, but it makes the other guy look weak and no disrespect to Cesaro, but that's also someone that they haven't even been thinking about pushing. So it was like, all right, let's take this thing that we're actually investing in this character we're actually investing in that we're pushing that we're giving Daniel Bryan gave him the rub. You know what I mean? And then let's just have him job out. That's like if imagine if after John Cena. Uh, had that encounter with the Undertaker. He was like, "What's your name, kid?" And he's like, "John Cena." And he looked at him, nods him over approvingly, shakes his hand, walks away. If John Cena would have just jobbed out, you know, to Carlito or some shit, you know what I mean? It would have been like, "What?" With the guy that that was the guy that the Undertaker chose. Like, why would that have been that way? So to me, it was just weird, weird direction that they went in. Maybe, maybe I'm just looking too much into what they had planned for Gulak, but they did it's have, a, they did seem yeah, like they were giving him a rub, you know? Yeah. It yeah. seems like there's got to be something more long term for him for him to lose that match. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess I and I guess I also factor in the fact that it's like Daniel Bryan's group feuding with Sami Zayn's group. So there's definitely not something long term left for Cesaro. You know. <laughs> so, so I'm just saying it's been years. Yeah. You know. You know he's one of my favorite, but there's nothing long term for him. So who, what, what was their end game there? I guess just to have the match. Yeah. Maybe they're um, building up for maybe Drew Gulak to go up against Shinsuke Nakamura next, being as there seems to be an ongoing feud between the the two uh, the two lots. Like, yeah. But for what it was, I thought that it was like I thought it was a gem. Like it was solid while it lasted. The only thing that stopped it from actually being a polished diamond was the fact that it didn't go. It couldn't have gone longer than five minutes. There, I think that there was a substantial. Um, amount of credibility there for you to be able to push it longer than the match went. I don't know why it didn't go so long. Maybe they ran out of time, but I, I thought it was a fantastic match for what it was. I just wish it gone on a bit longer. Yeah, I could say that about a few matches, but your point on with that, Roxy, where it's like, when you have two guys, and it's not just like we're well, saying we, we want every match to be longer. Matches, there's different styles of matches, and I get that. And the, and the challenge of the WWE that other companies don't have to face is that uh, other companies all have their own styles. You know what I mean? Like Japan, New Japan styles a bit different from Ring of Honor's, even though they're very similar. AEW is a bit like watching New Japan and Ring of Honor and stuff, like a hybrid, but it does have WWE elements. The pacing, I've always said, despite, and I know I hate to, to sound like a, like an old person, but I, a lot of teenagers, I notice, tend to gravitate towards the faster crazy or reversal transition pinning combination no stopping for air style and since i started this show i've said that uh done correctly the wwe style of wrestling is the best on the planet you know and i I mean specifically like in the last four or five years what we've seen it evolve into it's the best of both of, of all the worlds really now that being said the challenge is that every other company's focusing they're very style specific whereas this company 
kind of like they do with entertainment where all of their segments aren't for everyone they want to reach every demographic this one segment might be for the kids this next segment might be for the older people now they're wrestling suffering from that thanks to all of the indie exposure where now they're trying to have matches where this matches is for the hardcore indie people this is for the lucha libra lovers this is for the people who like the the uh the uk you know with the joint manipulation and the crazy submission these are for the cruiser you know so now they're in that strange bubble where now because of the different styles of matches uh you know they're trying to please everyone so not everything's ever going to be for everyone which is fine but you have a match like this where it's really you have two technicians these are the matches you give the time to and then uh the ones that are just like uh draws you know where it's just it's just going to be a brawl or whatever you could kind of cut a lot of that out you know like not Mm. jumping too far ahead but there were a couple matches including the undertaker one honestly that they could have cut a lot of what was just punching and whipping people into stuff it's kind of like i get it you could whip somebody into something one or two times and i'll and i'll more or less get the idea i don't need it to be four and a half minutes of punches you know and i get setting atmosphere and everything but what i'm saying is if you have a limited time and you have a card what would you rather see would you rather the drew gulak um cesaro match the Sami Zayn, daniel Bryan? would you rather have more time on those or would you rather have like somebody throwing punches yeah you know? i'm going for the tec- what, i'm going for the technical one yeah i would have rather seen more of the drew gulak and cesaro match than fucking baron corbin half hours playing a harmonica yeah exactly <laughs> And Squires is right. Uh, Squires is right. Uh, Gula can be a modern day the Malenko. The borderline is at this point. Yeah. Like, with a, with, I mean, he had one of the better cruiserweight championship runs since they've had that belt back. Yeah, definitely. So. The guy's been amazing. You just gotta cut him loose. Like, let him go. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're building him for something special. What it is, I don't know, but I think that the payoff will be amazing when we do finally get what we want. I hope so. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, yeah, they know what they're doing as far as they can clearly tell who the workhorses are because they oh, use yeah. them as, as workhorses when they need to. And I can't help but notice that. So, yeah, you know, very good match. And uh, as far as what they gave us, I thought, again, you can like like Destin was saying, you can go over somebody, but the freaking airplane spin and then with a bummed arm. What does that say about Gulak? Especially when we've seen. Cesaro damn near decapitate people with those European uppercuts. Oh, he yeah. went he went for the neutralizer at one point. So it's like, why not either of those two? Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. And a bum arm has to stop him from knocking people out with uppercuts. So they can't even use that as an excuse at that point. Chip, you know what? Airplanes, man. You just made the list. Oh no. Oh, uh, here we go. <laughs> Thank you for the follow. LI, little JR uh, Unlimited. JR, little RJ Unlimited. Oh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know this guy. Thanks oh, cool. for dropping by. Oh, snap. Bring it followers. Look at you. <laughs> She's a draw. <laughs> you hear that, Callahan? No. Okay. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> yeah, but freaking, uh, again, I, I really did like what we got for what we did. That being said, uh, we have a thing. What is this here? Drew Gulak. They got him backstage. I mean, let's see. There we go. Sorry, I had to find the damn thing. Drew, unsuccessful here tonight on the WrestleMania kickoff. What happened out there? Uh, Cesaro is someone who I've known for a long, long time. Uh, I might even know him better than I know Daniel Bryan. Um, my strategy was simple. Attack his arm, throws uppercuts. Um, that's his big strength. Uh, probably the best in the world. Definitely the best in the world at uppercuts. 
So my idea was just take his arm away and put him down, get him in a hold, tie him up. That's what I do best. And uh, as much as he kept trying for his neutralizer or his, uh, his power moves or anything like that, I was one step ahead of him. Until the very end, I was so close. Uh, you know, I, I, I keep coming back to the words that uh, Daniel Bryan said um, at Elimination Chamber, where he lives for this, for what we do. Um, coming here and uh, get to compete on the WrestleMania kickoff show, uh, that's, that's huge to me. Um, that's an opportunity that many people don't ever get to have. Last year I was in the stands. And this year I was against uh, someone like Cesaro, who's uh, a rival at this point in my career. Um, so to fall short to him is very disappointing, uh, very disheartening. But to know that I was just this close from beating him, that's only going to push me forward even more. You mentioned Daniel Bryan. How are you two preparing ahead of his match at WrestleMania? Uh, Daniel Bryan has been asking for my, my coaching now for a while. Um, and I got to tell you, he's the best student a coach could ever ask for, uh, which should come as no surprise. Uh, I've thrown every unorthodox drill uh, that I could think of his way, and he has attempted it, if not gotten better at every single one of them. You know, I'm talking about the duck walks, the headlock squeezes, the uh, Shido stomps, the Mongolian presses, the, uh, the things you don't really hear about very often um, that I've employed over the years that I think that could kind of steer him in the right direction. Um, and uh, it's, it's been about trying to stay on the task at hand. He's getting a lot of questions thrown his way, and I want to keep him focused on his Intercontinental title match with Sami Zayn. Yeah. They haven't given up. But hopefully they do oh, yeah. something else with, with freaking Cesaro if they're going to have that happen. Exactly. There's no excuse at this point. I'm just wondering whether he might actually recruit people from um, the makeshift uh, Sami Zayn stable. So, like, you know, like the whole Drew Gulak and like Daniel Bryan thing, like Gulak knows his, anticipates his every moves. Maybe he goes on to study one of those guys. Maybe that's where the story could go. So he might study like Shinsuke or something and then gradually pull them all over to that side of things. Just mm. an interesting concept I have. That's that's more original than, than what they'll probably do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like I'd that. like to see how that story pans out. Yeah, that's a good mm. idea right there. You inadvertently create stable warfare from within the ranks. Right. That. Mm. You never know who's going to switch sides. Okay. Mm. Right, well, Cesaro had a backstage thingy here, so let's have a look. Cesaro, a victory for you here tonight over Drew Goo. You just saw something. Something really special. Something that hasn't happened in over 10 years. You just saw a UF. Oh. And later, you're going to see something else that doesn't happen all the time, and that is a champion walking in to WrestleMania in Sami Zayn, the Intercontinental Champion, and walking out of WrestleMania still as the Intercontinental Champion. It's going to be one more for the good guys. Yeah, well, very good opener. Yeah, surprising ending. We could definitely mm. say that we uh we hadn't seen that coming. School of Gulak shirts coming soon. <laughs> I mean, I'd buy one. I mean, mm-hmm. it wouldn't be seven thousand dollars. So I mean, hey. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Stephanie opens the official Mania show. Now that we got the royalty free match out of the way, 
and uh she just discusses briefly bringing us a, a show during these trying times and uh you know you know how that those kind of conversations go we get us somewhat of what is it a national anthem medley yeah like a sort. national anthem compilation yeah, of all the previous ones, I, I paid as little attention as I always do. So you'd have to tell me. I'm sure they showed up. I mean, it, it's kind of funny because <laughs> this kind of gave me a laugh. It sounds like if you've ever been to karaoke and just like people who would do completely different singing styles, just jump on the mic at random points on the song. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was wondering, was I the only one <laughs> like pick like, somebody to sing the fucking song? <laughs> I knew where it was going. As like no, them. <laughs> not one person on that compilation sung in anywhere near the same way. Squire said, "This made me realize how good Aretha Franklin and Ray Charles are compared to all the trash today." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Aretha and uh, Ray were good. It was just, it was just yeah. that compilation concept didn't quite work as well as I think they would have liked it to. No, that <laughs> shit was weird. Yeah. But what do you know? We got Michael Cole and JBL on commentary. Holy shit. They brought it back to the old school team, huh? Oh, man. I missed him. I <laughs> I think it's all I think I, I think that's why I get so excited when JBL shows up because we never really know where he's going to be here. And he's rarely here nowadays. It's like it's got to be a special occasion when he shows up. Yeah, you, you got the best of both worlds. You got the guy who doesn't give a fuck and then you have the guy who can talk and has someone just had a heart attack voice in case something serious happens that's the team i want if there's an apocalypse yeah. which there is we, we got the old we got the old school smackdowns team like we mm-hmm. there you go so the first official match after the kickoff is the wwe women's tag title match the kabuki warriors oscar and Kyrie sane defending their titles against alexa bliss and nikki cross 58% of our community saying that the Kabuki Warriors retain, whereas 42% saying Bliss and Cross with the upset. That being said, uh, yeah, that's what we have. We have the upset here. You know, Cross hits that uh, swinging uh, neck breaker that she yep, does. Yeah, the purge. And, yeah, and then Bliss follows mm-hmm. up with Twisted Bliss onto Kyrie saying Asuka's outside. There's really no one there for the recovery. And that's all she wrote. Yep, that. first ever two-time women's tag champions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, there was some interesting stuff here. Cross hitting her uh, her fisherman's neckbreaker onto Oscar, uh, and then Kyrie coming off the ropes with the insane elbow to break the cover, even though she was a little late. A few times now, I feel like I've seen her uh, hit that spot and be late, almost where the ref had to delay the count. Unless it's just my memory uh, playing tricks on me, but I just felt yeah. like deja vu when I saw that. But um, then again, I've noticed whenever they do that spot, it's a little hard to time that out perfectly. Yeah, that's something. Maybe that's just for me, but it is hard. That's why you got to practice that one because you're coming out of yeah. the air and trying to break a two count. You know, it's not easy shit. You know, uh, you know, Oscar also having um, cross in the Oscar lock, and then this is very similar to the original spot, and then Bliss breaks it with a twisted Bliss, and then she winds up getting speared by Kyrie saying, "I thought that was a really cool sequence there." Yeah, you know? very good. Up in this one, mm-hmm. also oh, very good. Oh, go ahead, Rock. I- I was going to say, I this match was so good, I actually forgot that there was no audience. Yeah, of course. It, <laughs> it, I don't, it, it doesn't uh, doesn't make that big of a difference once you get used to it. Also, good modified Doomsday device from the Kabukis. Thought that was really good. She had her in, like, what was that? Uh, almost like a powerbomb, almost reverse electric chair style position. And then uh, you had Kyrie Sane off the top rope, I believe, with the uh, with the forearm, flying forearm, right? Yeah. I'm going by memory here with that, yeah. so you'd have to yeah. let me know. But yeah, I thought that was dope, you know, that they, uh, they hit Road Warrior spot there I, I really thought it was good you know these guys yeah. everybody in here can work so why not why not have a great match yeah the, then the lack of crowd even benefited even more because you felt the emotion every time somebody hit a big move when there was a kick out 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like sure. you really felt like they were they, they really got to a point where it's like we've hit them with everything. What's it gonna take? Yeah, that's how that that's exactly how it was, and uh, it, it it's interesting that they that they've had uh the two of them be such an active tag team because if you look in current history nowadays, whenever someone gets titles in WWE, kind of just hold that shit, you sleep on it a little bit, you know. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and here here we're not getting that. Like here here the dynamic is completely different. Where you got two very active people, and they just handed it over to two very active people, you know. So yeah, it's not like you you get sleeper tag teams here. Like you do in most other places, you know. So yeah. I thought that was, you know, I thought that was really well done. Yeah, excellent work by all four of them. Oh yeah, I hope the feud continues. Yeah, let them go again. I won't complain. <laughs> find me, find me another four female wrestlers in the WWE right now that have that kind of chemistry. I dare you. In that tag team division for sure. Oh and, yeah, for real. And the funny about it is that in the case of Bliss and Cross, you can tell that because everyone was waiting for it. We're waiting for the other shoe to drop. And that's, and I'm glad they went with what I originally said when it came together, that I would like it to not be that way. Remember I was saying that, Dustin, when it first started? Yeah. It was like, I would like it to not just be inevitably Nikki Cross has to be the dumb, naive person that gets turned on to turn face. Like, I kind of didn't want that, especially for her because she's so cool that why would you want, like... To why turn her into a dumb character, and that was bothering me too. Where it's kind of like, here's this character that was portrayed as a formidable threat in NXT back when I really wasn't high on her, and she comes here, and we're supposed to believe that this evil character is now so stupid, you know, that she's fallen. And it, it it just bothered me. So I'm glad that they evolved that into something completely different, you know. Oh yeah, so. yeah. It's it's been fantastic, and see, like it's because like let's be real, the easy way has always been okay. When somebody gonna turn? You don't see it nowadays where they just let them team. And that's how it's been for Nikki and Alexa. That's why it's been so good because it's like there's been at this point, I haven't even thought about who's turning on who because at this point, it's not a factor anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm sitting here wondering who's getting the pin. That's all I'm concerned with in their matches now. That last twisted bliss, she almost clipped her, her, her head a little bit, right? I think uh, she, the landed, she landed more on Kyrie's legs. Oh, right, right, right. I'm, I'm yeah, the, 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 the second one. one. The first one, it looked a little bit more upper body, but the second one, she caught almost all of Kyrie's legs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they put up. Uh, what do we got here? I think we have an. Uh, is this an Alexa Bliss thing that they have? Oh yeah. God, more Nikki promos. Yes. Yeah, automatically <laughs> if Alexa Bliss is there, right, you know you're gonna get. All right, let's see what this is. Fall's coming home. It's coming home. It's coming. <laughs> you want all Bliss class is coming home. Hey, ladies. <laughs> we won. I don't want to. I don't want to interrupt your selfie. We won! You did, oh, ladies. It's WrestleMania. WrestleMania! And the two of you regained the Women's Tag Team Championships. As I can tell. We said we would. I told you I had a plan. Six months ago. Six months ago ish. But, you know, got him back. I'm doing up. Please, please Don't hold my it. baby. Okay. No, hold my baby. Hold my baby. The yeah. top is up. The top is down. Awesome. I cannot be contained. It has. Let's cross applesauce, Nikki Cross, Alexa Bliss <laughs> are the new WWE Women's oh, Tag Team Champions. My <laughs> man. Look how beautiful we are. Look how beautiful we are. Look how beautiful we are. That's hilarious. She didn't let me down. Oh, God. Nikki didn't let me down. That's comedy gold. Absolutely fantastic. Oh dear! Oh god! Yeah. Well, we got so many funny bitches in this division. What is going on? I can't with this. 
<laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, she's never out of her gimmick, huh? She she is nuts, I swear to God. Oh yeah, she's straight up crazy. Mm-hmm. Oh. And I'm here for it. Yeah, absolutely. Next on the card, we had Elias against King Corbin, huh? Oh, oh those were some strange sounds. Is that good? You like it? Uh, <laughs> Yeah. If I could have swapped this in the pre-show, believe me, this would have gone on the pre-show. It was a good cool-down match, I think, after the hype we had. It was a good way to just, like, a filler match, if you will. This, this, was, the, this was the, okay, take a minute to breathe. Mm-hmm. It'll be okay. Like, it felt very filler. Now, that being said, um, if I had to say something that I like about it, I like the aggressive start. Like, you know, I don't have much to say about it, but there was no song, no jokes. You know, fuck him up with the guitar. He tried to kill, this man tried to kill you. He tried right? to throw, yeah. he threw you off of a thing. You look like a you look like no a dead body. You look like Tony Montana when the red when the credits roll. You know, you're like out there. <laughs> you know, like you were, <laughs> damn, I can't you know? believe it. they could have put a chalk outline with the way you look. There should oh. be no more songs about this man. He tried to kill you, so I like that the heat was there when it started. Like, yeah, I'm gonna just take this bastard on. He immediately takes him out with the guitar. You know, see, see they, they did the one thing we've been complaining about them doing for the longest. They didn't have him hit every pose while he had to white hot this man. Mm-hmm. You got the guitar strum, and that was about it. <laughs> yeah, I could have went with a little bit more time for this filler or not. Like both of these guys can work, especially Corbin, and I don't feel like they gave us uh, as much as they could. You know, I get it, the time constraints—you don't want to sit there all night. But uh, I could have used just a pinch more. You know. Yeah, this could have been a lot more done with this match. They did yeah. good with what they had, but I mean, but like Rock said, it proved pre- it pre- it's filler. You know? Yeah, it was straight up filler. It was a king versus a guy with a guitar. And the best part about it was that Corbin got hit with the guitar. Yeah, it's like right at the beginning when I talked about that aggression start and then everything else after that was like, all right, now let's have a SmackDown match. <laughs> yeah. You know, so that's kind of how I felt about it. Nothing bad about it, you know, just it was it was good. Mm-hmm. I mean, and again, this 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 was cool. Like, I think that the show itself withstood the test of time. Whatever faults it had had nothing to do with the current circumstances and it had more to do with whether matches were good or bad, which is how it should be. Yeah. Yeah. So Elias uh, had a backstage thing, post-interview, after he won this match. I want to see what we got going on here. <laughs> Elias, it is WrestleMania, and you are just victorious over King Corbin. Now, considering what he did to you on SmackDown, how satisfying was that victory? Uh, it's incredibly satisfying. A couple things. I can tell you this. We're in the Performance Center. There's no audience, but I started my WWE career here in the Performance Center Little known fact, my very first live event match, my very first match under the WWE umbrella against Baron Corbin, and he whooped me in 15 seconds. So to come back here, the Performance Center at WrestleMania, no less, my first WrestleMania match, and get it done against Baron Corbin, that's a full circle story right there. Yeah. Short and sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, and he heals fast. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and they like, fell 15 feet and was like, all right, let's do this. It makes me wonder, were, were they not sure? We talked about this last week, but were they not sure if he was going to be at Mania or something? Because normally, and I said this on the on the post Smackdown part, when you throw someone off of something that high and then you have Michael Cole talking the heart attack voice, where he's like, ladies and gentlemen, uh, during our break. there You know, it looks like I'm yeah. thinking, oh, you know, that's it. He's gone for whatever. Really? He showed up a few days later. I ain't going to see you in a couple of months. So. Like there it was just, yeah, there he is. You know, I, I, maybe there was something up in the air there, so they tried to leave themselves an opener, which they didn't do for the matches that they should have done it with. Yeah, we, no, we really don't know possibly. what. The, yeah, we don't know what the timetable was in regards to when they found out who was going to be there and who wasn't. So you know, they, I guess they did what they could with the time. Right. You know, 
And uh, not to segue too far, but I, I was thinking about it. And I think one of the reasons why the matches, why WrestleMania wasn't delayed for a couple of months was because uh, there, there really would be no way for them to predict where to put it or where to set it up. And it takes like a month, if not more, to just set up the set alone. And then you got to kind of delay those feuds. Like the people who are now going to Mania may not be going unless their feuds last a couple more months. You know, so those, those promised cards and those slots are, are sort of where they were. And also, I, I think it's good just to have a WrestleMania. And I think tonight kind of reflected that. At least, knock on wood, night one reflected that. Mm. You know. All right. Well, after this, we had uh, the WWE Women's, the Raw Women's title match with uh, Becky Lynch against Shayna Baszler with 60% of you for Becky, 40% of you for Shayna. With, uh, they did like a, that one of those, uh, what we call that cover that they did where the shoulders it's, are down it, and like. It's kind of weird. I don't even know if there's really much of a term for it, but it's the old, what you've seen before when somebody gets you in like a rear naked choke and you basically flip over and put your body weight on the whole top of their body so they can't kick out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yes, basically Shane and Shayna got caught, which I noticed it took me a minute to realize it, but that kind of realized there's a consistent pattern I've noticed with Shayna. So her first match with Ember Moon, that's how she got caught. The first yeah. time she fought Kyrie when she went when Kyrie won the NXT championship, that's how she got caught. So I'm kind of so I'm looking at it and I was like, it makes sense because it sticks. First of all, it sticks with history, but then it leaves the element for a rematch. Because now you got now Becky's gonna have to ask herself, can you do it twice? Because it's not like Shane's just gonna go away. Yeah. No. Uh, she might. I, I remember I was the one person here who said that there was no way in hell they were giving her the rookie because, and I'm not saying any disrespect, but that's how they look at you when you go up to that main They're mm-hmm. gonna give the rookie a month in the title at WrestleMania. And uh, that being said, I think they still look at her, her as the rookie that they're trying stuff with. Just like Nakamura at one point was. Just because she was in a main event for the title doesn't mean that she's necessarily going to win it. And as good as Shayna is, I think right now wouldn't be the right time. Even if this feud went on and then they said, hey, we got backlash coming up or whatever. And then maybe sometime at SummerSlam. Not even at SummerSlam, honestly, to be honest. I just Right now, there's just a lot of momentum in the women's division. And a lot of that momentum, taking nothing away from the wrestling, has to do with charisma. And has to do with, um, I mean, I would ride this Becky train a little bit more. You know, the Shayna stuff isn't going anywhere, you know? Yeah. But then I also wouldn't want Shayna to be a victim of the same thing I have with Nakamura. With which, where, after a while, it's just not convincing under any circumstances. Mm. That's true, too. Like, 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 even if it winds up being a short thing, do something so you can leave the element that, like, hey, it's possible. Yeah, I can and then. That. And then also when I look at history, one common factor, which is why I'd like to see the rematch, nobody who's beaten Shayna for when it comes to a championship match has ever done it the second time back. Right. Rhea, her and Rhea didn't have a second match for that championship. Ember fought her twice. Ember lost a rematch. Kyrie, when it comes to the championship, fought her twice, and Kyrie lost the rematch. You want to take a good story and elevate Becky even more, have Becky be the one to break to get that to, to break that curse. Because Shayna never makes the same mistake twice. That's true. We will have to see. We'll have to see exactly yeah. what they're going to do, though. Uh, I think, like, good storytelling, I, I would roll with that for good storytelling. But, yeah, only time will tell, though. But this yeah. was, I like how this match started. Because 
<laughs> I even sit in the chat room. I think I was looking down on my phone checking a message, and all I hear is and I'm like, who pulled out sm- who pull out firecrackers in the arena? I was like, oh, they're hitting each other. Okay. <laughs> that's one thing I can say that's a benefit of this pay-per-view. You gotta keep in mind that these people are trained for their striking to be heard over a loud screaming crowd. They're conditioned in that performance center or wherever they train so that that sound, because you always hear those strikes, no matter how loud the crowd is. That being said, now that it's silent like that, you hear how hard they're really laying in those hits, whether they're worked hits or not, whether they're safe, protected hits, they're hitting each other really fucking hard. Those those felt like those felt like more of those, you know, you're going to get hit hits. Yeah, like you don't hold back, but you see it coming, so it's not as bad. But that's the thing; they 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 really were no different than the hits they do every week. It's just that there was no crowd. It just shows how hard they really are laying it in every week to get to, yeah. to get that audible uh, sound, you know, that audible effect. Oh yeah, and uh, yeah. It, now it really carries over. You know, you hit people, you know, in the media areas where you can't really mess anything up, and uh, but they're still getting hit. Oh yeah. Which I mean, yeah, these two beat the shit out of each other. Oh fuck! Oh my god, everything sounded like it hurt. Yeah, it's this. Yeah, this this was um, a well done match. I definitely want to see them run it back again. They have all the ammo in the world to do it, and I kind of like a Squire's submission. Squire's uh, uh, suggestion: if they run this back at SummerSlam, make it a submission match because yeah. then that way you can roll into that story of, hey, you caught me making a mistake this time. What happens when I when that mistake's not even there to take? Absolutely. And mm-hmm. when you speak of rolling, there was that sequence where uh, Shayna went, went into the disarmor and then uh, Becky, it being her move, rolled out of it to safety. You know, they tried to, uh, they're trying to do the old one-upsmanship with the, with the submission. So the, the groundwork's already been laid if they decide that they want to do something like that. Yeah. So, yeah, but very heavy-headed match. I like the nasty Uranagi Becky laid on Shayna outside of the ropes on the apron. You know, that looked really rough. Um, and like Squire said, this match was a lot shorter than I expected. I thought there would be more yeah. to some things. It was built more than it was than the match was. And there really shouldn't be time issues, especially if you have the time to do the, the, the proper edits and get everything sort of measured out the way that it needs to be. But for whatever yeah, reason, I mean, this, this wasn't what it could have, should have been, especially with the heat and momentum behind this match, the hatred behind it and beyond it. And uh, it just, I don't know. I, I yeah. feel like, unfortunately, it it underdelivered, and then also Becky being in the middle of the card of the first night was strange as well. Again, this is someone yeah. who carried your company was the cover of your game. There was a lot. There's a lot of points where if it wasn't for Becky, they would have had nothing good going on. The girls carried them through the last WrestleMania season completely. The guys didn't do anything. You know, it sucks for for the guys, but the it, last WrestleMania season was all about these women, and the main one was Becky. It's just funny to see how. Without being de-pushed and without her status with the company changing, her position in the card did. And I did hear them say that a lot of the card was going to be reordered since it's already in the can. They can change the order based on quality to what they want. So maybe that's what it was. The match under-delivered first, but then at the same time, why? Why was that the match? I know that they both have a better match in them than that. So um, yeah. we've seen both of them put on show-stealing matches. So. so Exactly. And for the amount of segments that I've had to watch in regards to the two of them and the emphasis on the promos and everything, I definitely, unfortunately have to say they under delivered and the blow off or whatever it's going to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's unfortunate. Cause this was one of the matches I was really excited for. Like, I mean, yeah. And also crazy. You're right. Squires. We're also crazy that this wasn't tomorrow. If we're considering it a main event uh, caliber match, but I guess they want to evenly distribute good things to both nights. 
Yeah, if they're going with that logic, that makes sense. They're charging the same price for both nights. They have to have good stuff on both cards, you know? Yeah, exactly. You can't just have one night full of filler matches. Yeah, so given the circumstances, again, I think they're doing what they can, and I think a lot of it works. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean... They, 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 for what it was, yeah, it was. It wasn't as good as it could have been by a long shot, but still, definitely, I guess I'm enjoying it. Yeah. And here's Becky Pulsemania's interview. Becky, big congratulations on retaining the Raw Women's Championship tonight. Thank you, thank you. Holding on to this bad boy for nearly a year straight. I bet it feels good. Oh yeah, this is just one day shy of a year straight. Yeah, 365 days, the champ. Wow, it feels pretty. Well, let's talk about your match. Some would say that when you flipped backwards out of Shayna's clutch, it was with your last gasp of air. What are your thoughts on that? Nothing I do is an accident. Uh, everything is calculated. And I'm always looking for a counter. I'm always looking for the win. And tonight I got that. How good was Shayna tonight in your match? Look, she's incredible. I never underestimated her. I think she underestimated me. But the fact of the matter is that She's been a top-ranked cage fighter for 10 years straight. She She's the longest combined women's NXT champion in history. Uh, her skill set is maybe, maybe unmatched in what we have in, in WWE today. But the fact of the matter is, is tonight was uh, a test of skill over heart, and I've got the heart. Well, what's next for you as the reigning Raw Women's Champion? Well, uh, Shane has a problem. She thinks she has my number. She certainly doesn't. But uh, if she has a problem with that finish tonight, just tell her to not go missing. She knows where to find me. I'll be holding down the fourth every single week. Rematch. See, there you go. Becky, Becky pretty much laid it down at this point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was great. Yeah. And I like how she didn't discredit Shayna in any way. Like, it literally no. just came down. She she basically managed to like, hey, I knew that was the one chance I had. So it's like, boom, she's gone. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Let's see where this leads. You know, don't waste oh, it. Yeah. Don't waste it. That's no matter what you do. Don't waste it. Yeah. Which I mean, okay. yeah, she's literally 12 minutes away from a year. So early congratulations. Mm-hmm. So n- by the way, guys, uh, I didn't give the results to 60% of you for Elias, 27% for Corbin, 13 of you for DQ no contest. For anyone who was wondering about how that vote went. Before we move on to the next thing, the next thing being the Intercontinental title match with Sami Zayn defending his title against Daniel Bryan with 40% of you for Sami Zayn, retaining 47% of you for Daniel Bryan with the upset and 13% of you with the DQ, no contest, match gets thrown the hell out. That being said, the finish being Zayn catches uh, Daniel Bryan with the Huluva kick coming off of the top, sudden flash KO. Uh, I want your thoughts first on this and we could talk a little bit about the match, just your opinion overall. Um, so, I mean, glad to see Sammy retain because I didn't want Sammy to just be some transitional champion. I mean, the guy honestly deserves a lot more than that from what we've seen of him. The finish was unexpected so much that I almost didn't catch it when it happened. I guess maybe it's teasing the fact that Sammy's starting to use the halluva kick from different um angles. We've already seen it with that halluva plex he hit, Braun, he hit on Braun with, but it, I think this match could have been a lot better from what I've seen of these guys in the past. Like, this could have been a lot better of a match. Roxy? Well, I thought it was a great match. I mean, the thing the thing that pissed me off in the beginning was I don't understand why Gronk and Mojo were fucking yelling during the match. Like, the match was hype enough. It didn't need fucking hype men. 
That was the thing that pissed me off. I don't know why they were shouting throughout the match. It was like, we know what's going on. We don't need your fucking input. I guess they just have their marks. They were trying to kind of probably replicate the AEW atmosphere when they have the crowd there, except that uh, the difference is... They failed miserably. Well, that's that's the problem. You have people in AEW like Christopher Daniels out there and Sean Spears and Tully Blanchard, and the difference is that those guys are cool. So they're cool heels that are out there gambling. You got Kaz, you know, like all, all those guys are cool. When you have cool people in your company, you can have them at ringside and they create a cool atmosphere. No one likes Mojo when he's there in any capacity. And Gronk, nobody watches him. Nobody knows who he is. So, And he's not that charismatic. What what made people think? You know what it is? Gronk, Gronk became charismatic in in pop culture i never even knew this uh, he became charismatic in pop co- in the pop culture world not saying they were exempt from it but just from the mainstream pop culture world if you will and the mainstream pop culture world in a lot of ways has become corny so to corny people gronk is in, he's the guy you would see on the daytime shows on the regis and kelly's and shit like that like that's not our level of uh of charisma that's not wwe's level of charisma you know what i mean like somebody who you would see like on fucking Dwayne brady you know, dancing or someone that will be dancing with Ellen is not the fucking <laughs> demographic that we're going for here. Exactly. He has he has soccer mom charisma. <laughs> you know? Soccer mom that charisma. That shit that he has here doesn't fly. There's no one who thinks that, that that's cool. There's no Should one. Should I write that, that down? <laughs> soccer mom charisma. Yeah. That's what Fuck he has. It. He has soccer mom charisma. Technically, you know, we already have two tomorrow for Monday. I'm just saying. You know, it's <laughs> like when he came out dancing, I didn't know what was going on. I was like, really, dude? Like, that's, it, it, that's serious? It just pointed out what Kula said. Kula said Tom Brady made him famous. The problem with that is nobody knows who he is. No. Tom Brady didn't make him famous. You have to, people have to know who you are to be famous. <laughs> I, I deal with people with more charisma than him every day of my life, including you guys. You like, know, like, was, like what the hell? More charisma. Like, what the fuck is that? It's just weird to me. You know, like, I could care less about his existence. I didn't even notice. Like, I like I completely tuned them out. It's absurd. It's ridiculous. This is people are marks for themselves in this world, man. I hate that. I hate that. Like, it, they didn't need Gronk. The no. funny thing is, like, you've you noticed you never see any other host for WrestleMania, no matter who it is. You know what doing it is? Goofy dance down the ring and just making it all about themselves. Notice we, with the exception of that. That's the first WrestleMania since 27 where we forgot the host was there. You know what it is? Yeah. And I and I hate to say this. But as you get older, you're going to come to realize that the the idiots and even the crazy marks are also getting older. And some of them somehow find their way into these careers. <laughs> yeah. And that's yeah. ultimately what's happening. You know what I mean? You got people probably younger than us that are running this. Some of them were the stupid marks that used to be in the message board 10, 20 years ago that had shitty ideas. And now here they are with their shitty ideas out there. You know, when you really look at it, and that's what happens. You can tell by certain things that are booked in wrestling that it's a bunch of marks in the in those conferences. You know, just mm-hmm. a bunch of stupid marks. I hate to say it, but come on. They, it, they, they need to hear it. All right. They need to know who they are out there. There's no way to Vince. Okay. There's no way to Vince or somebody like that or even Dunn or, or Triple H or anyone. There's no way that those guys are the ones who said, let's get Gronk. I know for a fact Vince is not Vince. That's completely out of our age demographic. If you think Vince is like, oh, you know, I want to see that Gronk guy. Triple H, Triple H, who's all metal, Motorhead, Metallica, Pantera, Slayer, Triple H. Once Gronk. Every time I've seen Triple H do anything, it's led in the metal underground direction, which is why he's such a badass. You know what I mean? 
do you think he Arnold Schwarzenegger and shit like that? Has Triple H ever brought anyone like an, uh, incorporated in his stuff like that? You don't see no no freaking no. Kevin McAllisters, you know freaking. what I mean? No no little kids, no no Gronks or any of that. You know what I mean? So it's like I know it wasn't him or Stephanie because everything about them is leather, metal, and explosions <laughs> and motorcycles and shit. You could tell what they actually like, and whenever you see them, it would have been time, Mad Max mania if he had to call. Like, whenever you see them at their off time, where do you see them at crazy underground concerts and shit like that? Not hanging out with Gronk. <laughs> so whoever you are, I'm gonna need you to get fired, please. So process of elimination, and this, and, and this is the reason I usually don't blame the McMahons or Triple H for anything because I usually this is my psychology when I hear people say that process of elimination. I know what kind of shit these people like. Is there anybody in the McMahon family that fits the criteria of liking Gronk? No, that fucking just leaves the marks. We know Patterson. Patterson doesn't like fucking Gronk, right? It wasn't Patterson. Probably wasn't Briscoe either. <laughs> yeah, well, he's not creative. So who, you know what I mean? So you think it was Kidman? It? You think Kidman wanted Bronk or Gronk, whatever fuck his name is? No. Fucking Road Dog wouldn't didn't want Gronk. Wait a minute. No, it wasn't a Steph decision. Nah, it wasn't Stephanie. She, like I said. So when we work our way down the ladder, eventually the person who pushed for Gronk, ultimately we don't fucking know them. We've never heard of them. Because you wouldn't have known someone or heard of someone who pushed for Gronk. <laughs> you would have kept someone that guy a secret. You know, no one here wanted Gronk's adventure. So. Gronk did. Except well, Gronk. Well, Gronk doesn't count. He don't go here. He don't even go damn here. Sure don't. <laughs> he damn sure don't. He don't go here. <laughs> you don't even go here. <laughs> we went from The Rock to Gronk as far Ain't as post for WrestleMania. Man, that's a fall. <laughs> that was terrible. God. All right. All right. Well, next, what was up? We had the Intercontinental match, right? We had the WWE Intercontinental championship oh did we just knock that one oh, out? no we did just knock that out i'm getting lost because yeah. of gronk fuck gronk all right <laughs> go play throw somewhere fuck you gronk yeah pat would get down with, with gronkowski That's no <laughs> you, I, I wouldn't have even read that out loud if i would have read what you were doing <laughs> oh whoa no don't bad. paint that picture for me well, before we get into the next match i wanted to just note the the brawl on smackdown because i'm not doing smackdown on monday between uh we have the three teams involved in the smackdown championship tag team ladder match they wind up all promoing on each other and then it turns into a big brawl with miz and morrison taking everyone out wind up on top and the and ending smackdown with them on the ladders i believe in celebration where everybody else is laid out that just um sort of sets the groundwork for the match that we have which is the wwe smackdown uh, this is a tag team ladder match, but it's a triple threat. You guys already know the reason this match was changed. We're not going into any of that stuff tonight. But this is the the new match, which we we kind of talked about how this was probably going to be what they do and how they change it. So, yeah. you know, we knew this coming and they didn't announce it officially until the last minute. But there it is. And uh, the finish to this. Well, first of all, because we're still going to be going by the voting results of when it was a tag team match. John Morrison defending. 60% of you thought it was going to go in that direction. 13% on Kofi. Jimmy Uso with 27%. Finish being, uh, they have very innovative finishes. So everyone gets the title, the, the, the hanger that the titles are hanging on. You guys remember, so, um, that hanger. You've all seen it before. They're all grasping this and it breaks off. So there's this three way clasp on that with the titles hanging there. Uh, there's a three way headbutt that ultimately ends in Morrison taking the worst of it and he falls, bumping through a ladder that is bridged across one of the reins. One of the rungs, rather, uh, and the rope on the outside. And he sort of has that collision. You know the cliche, uh, the Sinkara bump, as they call it now, 
whenever he well, said the liar didn't break this time. Yeah, only the first well wasn't because of the wellness policy. They just wanted him to take that bomb. But yeah, the, 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 the wellness <laughs> policy bomb. He took it twice. Go back and look. He took it twice. But anyway, uh, <laughs> every, time they, every time they needed to suspend him, that like I, I legit, I, it's like that goes to show they troll. But anyway, hey, you know what time it is. Uh, so Morrison falls through the ladder, but he takes the titles with him in the collision. So he falls taking the titles off of that and lands collision. And I did like the innovation in this match. I like, you know, uh, Morrison, you know, like as his own thing more than I like Miz and Morrison. You know, I'm, so I'm glad we got a little taste of that. I know they're committed to this Miz and Morrison shit for some reason, even though it's terrible. Uh, it, it doesn't work for today. It's, it's completely, yeah. it's worse than, than, than midlife crisis DX. You guys remember midlife crisis DX? Oh dear God. You know, oh, yeah. where it was like, oh, what are these two doing? You know, what are these two dads doing out there? What are they degenerating into aside from their middle age? (laughs) It's actually real degeneration now, you know, like chill. But, uh, you know, that's, that's sort of what this is becoming even worse though, because it's not like they were cool the first time around. It's it's like, you know, they're kind of going, Hey guys, remember this? And everyone's going, yeah. And all I'm saying is we will, we will not be playing that bullshit, but, uh, that rap video, I'm just saying it made Enzo's Phoenix record look like magic. So I was, I was half listening. I was half listening to it. It It's it's God awful. Yeah, that oh, was some boy. funny stuff. I made me a little nervous though when I saw that little rap video that they did because it, it had a it had a man on a mission production value. Mission. <laughs> That's what I was thinking of. And the other thing made me worry that they, oh, I, like no. I my immediate thoughts went, Oh shit, does this mean there's gonna be a bunch of man on a mission esque promos throughout the entire is this what they meant by it's gonna be special and they were gonna take advantage of it being taped? Like like between matches, does everyone have Yo. like one of these? So I got scared because I was like, Oh, this could be the worst thing ever. Like if I'm gonna see each person do that. Like I don't wanna like what's Goldberg's gonna be? Like I had a mini panic attack because it was like i thought we were gonna that that was gonna be the format like oh fuck we're gonna go on the air and have to talk about all these men on a mission fucking promos but right on time the cuckoo clock makes a mania cameo there it is the cuckoo clock popped for how crazy that would have been yeah and and cool it's not that they're the most hated team or anything like that it's just that nobody wanted this team like it's just like this team is just irrelevant this is (laughs) it was the tag team that we didn't want and we never like like it's like i've said before no more nostalgia pops. Yeah, and is it really a nostalgia pop though? I mean, for, I mean, I mean, for like for like the three fans that wanted them back, maybe. I think I look at it like this: they took the Miz, who since that team went on to be a main eventer, when was on, was in a main event against The Rock and John Cena, you know, multiple time champion, went on and became a babyface for the first time, had a family, developed into this great character, and they kind of erased all of that just for him to be the heel that he was back years ago in the middle of him just getting his own reality tv show and him showing more of his personality than he ever has in his entire life and you know for me to say that about him that says a fucking lot because he's always shown a lot of his personality to think that now only now we're really getting more than we've ever gotten out in personality but let's reduce that back down to a gimmick that was mediocre a decade ago then you got morrison who's gone on from here who was just basically known as melina's freaking wife who's gone on from here, you know, <laughs> Melina's parkour wife, who's gone on from there, and he's been everywhere. He's been Johnny Johnny Impact, Johnny Mundo, right? He's been all over the indies, built this rapport for himself that you do when you go out into the indies to then come back to WWE and just be reduced back to the tag team from a decade ago that was mediocre. And then it doesn't really even show 
any growth in either one of them because they're constantly just reminding you remember we used to do this remember we used to do this as much as i was just kind of criticizing midlife crisis dx at least it was different at least what it showed which was deliberate it's not like they didn't know it was showing the growth of the two of them that sean and and hunter are not the same guys that they were the same young guys they have kids they made fun of the fact that we're a lot older we're different this is a different way that we're portraying the we're not those wild and crazy guys with water guns anymore this is just so we're getting older you know triple h and Shawn michaels so it worked and that made people like it and a lot of tag teams that have second comings like that that's what sort of makes them cool the way like they've changed from the first time around even the fucking hardys who were practically mirror images of each other when they started grew up grew into their own separate things so when they come together now it's not exactly how it was when they were team extreme where now it's yeah. different. They all bring their own stuff to the table. I love when tag teams do that. I love when they become separate from one another. The Dudleys did it as well because they both had successful single runs and went on to be other things and came back together. And they, they carry a little bit of their old stuff into their new stuff. And that just makes the, the, the dynamic in the tag team work better. It's called growth. It's character development. Why the fuck would I want Miz and Morrison from 10 years ago? Did anybody ask for this? No. Nope. Not at all. Same you person. Know? You know what it is? It was the same guy who asked for Gronk. I was just about to say that. that was <laughs> you get out of my head. I was here first. What do you mean? <laughs> I paid a rent round yet. No, I'm <laughs> yeah, so no, I didn't want this. Everyone works better singles and it's kind of manifested itself here because morrison did a really good job you know i like i said very innovative you know i love the starship pain morrison hit on jimmy set up on the corner on the ladder that looked really cool i like that he did sort of like the balancing step off to make it look cool or like he's very stylish with shit like that 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 really doesn't have a place in, in like a tag team right now he can completely carry just being a guy who has matches like that you yeah. know uh jbl saying that it's that it's the um athleticism that reminds us of mr perfect uh not exactly like johnny right. morrison, <laughs> that was who came to mind for johnny morrison mr perfect i like mr perfect he's great but i've never once in my life thought when i saw johnny morrison you know what that's like that's like mr perfect if he said Billy or something he'd been a little bit closer if you could even just give me just one way because it bothered me for the rest of the match. I tried to think, like, you give me one way that Johnny Morrison is like Mr. Perfect. I'll accept it. I'll take whatever you could give me. Well, how is he like him? Is he the same age long as hair? him? I don't even think we got that. <laughs> well, it is. They both have long hair. There we go. Like he's we like Mr. Perfect. He, his hair's over this long. <laughs> that was long, John. I was with you till that, man. What you doing? There's like a lot of people you could have thrown out there that are not Mr. Perfect. <laughs> Did I even hear that correctly? I hope if, if I heard it wrong, I apologize. I have to go back and watch. I didn't want to rewind because I like to stay live with everybody, but I fucking, I, I heard him say Mr. Perfect. Just weird, man. <laughs> I almost started to say something in the chat room, but I thought, I was like, wait a minute. No, no, no. Sometimes it feels like, and, I, and you know, I love JBL, but sometimes it feels like they choose people out there that they know sometimes just want to say something to have something to say so that they don't ever have dead air. Because it was just like, yeah. Mr. Perfect? I was waiting for the default that we find on Saturday night, Michael. Yeah, you know, but yeah, they <laughs> could have done it. I mean, <laughs> you know, but yeah, Kofi also looked good in this match. You know, a lot like Papa Shango. We're gonna have fucking weird <laughs> references out there, right? Like, what? What is going on? Just, just to throw whatever, anything. Can okay, happen. fucking, fucking, um, Jimmy Uso looking. Tell me, you remind me of Sika. Yeah, no, he remind me. He remind me of Skip from the Body Donuts. You know, <laughs> you stupid. <laughs> just whoever, whoever. 
You can just com- make any any fucking comparison you want. He can oh be whoever the fuck god. you want. I can't believe he went to the body donors. Oh my god. Oh god. <laughs> That's what we do. There used to be slick, smart comparisons in commentary. There used to be really slick, smart comparisons. Now we just spin a wheel and just paste the rest of name to who we say they like. For the rest of the night. The fucking. Wow. Weird. <laughs> that man reached into a hat and pulled out the body fucking donuts. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, other other notable spots. We had Kofi who springboards from the ropes onto Morrison, who's climbing the ladder at the time. So basically, it's a springboard Hurricane Rana from the ropes to Morrison onto the ladder on, on the ladder on the outside oh, or in the ring rather. Really look good there. Um, also good Spanish fly with Kofi and Morrison, and then of course Jimmy following it up with the splash, Superfly splash. So I, like I said, really cool stuff. Really innovative finish. Managed to keep this story that they deliberately want going going. So it was successful for what they wanted and what they had to work with. So good for them. What? How would you guys rate this? Knowing that you didn't get the tag team match that you want, the tag titles were still on um, the line, but uh, you got this. It was definitely a B for me because I mean, the only downside of this for me is the fact that I still have to deal with this fucking nostalgia pop team as champion still. But I mean, it was cool to see the fact that they didn't just abandon the match. They were like, you know what, Miz obviously can't be here, so let's just make it a one a three way for the tag titles, but it's only one piece of each team. Yeah. So it added a kind of it added kind of a, an interesting element to it. It was kind of interesting knowing that like we only had one piece of all three teams there, and it was a thing that was kind of a theme for me. It's probably going to be the same theme tomorrow night. Having no sound and hearing some of those ladder bumps, it's just it has almost like a chilling feel to it. Because then you really understand how hurt everybody is after some of this stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah, and 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 going a little bit back to what we were saying, because we're talking about the matches, we're talking about like you know things like ladder matches, the potential of things that you can have, and and where we can go, because our imagination sometimes is greater than the product itself. Uh, you guys were talking before about the uh, Sami Zayn uh, match that he had with Daniel Bryan, and how you liked it, but it was shorter than you wanted. For me, I I'm giving that a minus just for the record in regards to all the other stuff that we're talking about in contrast to it, because so far going down this card, I've noticed everything that we've spoken about. We've had more to say about than that match. My issue with yeah. it isn't that it was a bad match, but there is a different, uh, Sami Zayn that they, that I've seen wrestle. And that's the Sami Zayn that was in NXT that had the match with Cesaro and a lot of other notable matches. Yeah, and when he won they the had, title against Neville, like all those kind of matches. And mm. for once in their life, they had an opportunity to have that Sami Zayn, not the one we saw who's part of this little jokey stable. They they had the chance to have that Sami Zayn have a match against Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania, and that's what they gave us. Instead, yeah. you know, you had a guy getting his ass kicked who won with a with a move at the end. Like when you know what Sami Zayn's capable of, and you know that it's WrestleMania, and you know how good Daniel Bryan is. It's weird not to feel fucking cheated when they could have put on like a crazy match. And I, I always like when that kind of stuff happens. You know what I mean? When, when there yeah. are guys, you could be, you could have, you could be a punk ass heel all the way up until the match. And then in the match, you bring your fucking A game. Look at all the rocks last heel run, Hollywood rock, how he was a cowering, comedic, banjo playing, joking, song singing, concert having heel. But when it was time to go to work, he went to work. And go back and watch the final Stone Cold versus Rock match if you if it's not fresh in your memory and look at how crazy that match was. And I've said it before in here to this day, the rock the final rock bottom of Stone Cold's career that he hit him with to send him home 
you will never hear a sound effect like that in the entire WWE Network library. (laughs) You'll never hear a sound effect like the final rock bottom of Stone Cold's career from that heel cowarding rock. I swear to you, go back and listen. You will never hear anything. He gave him the rock, the ultimate rock bottom from hell. That that was one of those take you behind the barn and shoot you rock bottoms. And that's the point. You can be a heel and then bring bring your A game to something like this. And I really thought that wasted opportunities are on ones like that. Also, again, it's all the matches that, that were wasted. Literally, the the uh, Gulak Cesaro. You notice how there's a pattern here where we're going yeah. into matches that yeah. are like the length of the matches that could have been shorter are long and then the ones that we have that really innovative wrestling where we know we could have had it along just just something i thought i'd note as we go down a card in this pay-per-view uh because here is where it sort of balances itself out because the next match is uh kevin owens against seth freaking rollins right oh yeah it's kind of funny because not too long on youtube i was literally watching one of their matches from ROH. And I was like, it's kind of cool to see it came full circle and now they're at Mania. Mm-hmm. And 67% of you went for Kevin Owens, 33% for Rollins. Uh, Owens goes over with the stunner. And uh, yeah, this is my match of the night. I thought that this was really good. Uh, Rollins with this gimmick, it's weird because it's, it's, it's both amusing and disappointing at the same time, just because regular Rollins is such a, was such a badass character. And now he's like so Jesus now. Like he's like for like I like I said in the chat for a minute there, the power of Seth compelled me when he came out. Like I, it was just like, wow, like are you are you kidding me? Like this guy's more and more Jesus every time I see him. Like, so it's it's funny because I like Rollins regular, but I also love how it's gradually happening. Like every time we see him, there's something a little bit more Jesus than the last time. Which like <laughs> wait, I'm starting to wonder like how far it's gonna like yeah, go ahead. I was half expecting him to come out on a cross. Yeah. Like go back. just the way it looked, the way he looked at the top of the ramp, like he's so Jesus looking now. It's, it's the funniest <laughs> oh, thing ever. Yeah. He he is literally crossfit Jesus now. You know, and I know they're gonna keep adding to it. Like it's only it's only gonna progress. Oh, Who God. knows, man? Until he has an altar and shit. Like he, it's gonna he's get gonna crazy. Be freaking, he's gonna be level three Jesus. I I like it. I like it up to a point. Eventually, I want someone to knock that out of him, though. You know, like right. enough. Like get out of that with this freaking cord. Be healed. You know, he, he they they literally they literally took something that 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 he was called and made it literal, like the CrossFit Jesus. Remember, they used to call him that for years, CrossFit Jesus, and now he actually is CrossFit Jesus. I just I just can't believe it. You know? Unbelievable, but yeah, this is this oh is my, my favorite. At this point, match. they gotta rename the stomp. Be healed, like yeah. This was my favorite match. Which, by the way, later on on our Twitter and our Facebook, I'm gonna post the first match that these guys had. Ring of Honor recently released that they had Kevin Steen yeah. versus Tyler Black because uh, this oh. this feud goes back to Ring of Honor and it's an incredible match. These guys have always had great chemistry going back to their first feud there in Ring of Honor. They know each other so well, so there was no reason to think that this wouldn't be great. Like I automatically knew before I went in, it was like, well, that one's gonna. Th- we're talking like decades of wrestling between two guys you know what i mean versus people who were just kind of thrown together these guys didn't need to probably even see each other before the the stuff that they did remember they had a feud in rh a long feud with an incredible match credible build-up and it's like that you could just take it from there it's like owens and zane for anyone who always wondered why owens and zane no matter what they're doing they're entertaining and all their their stuff is good 
with or against each other because that was their chemistry in the tag teams. They used they were a tag team where they both wore the generical mask. They were both like it was a fat generical basically, and they were together. And then they would turn on each other, and it would be Kevin Steen versus El Generico, and then it'd be they, friends again. And it's gone. This war has gone on longer than you can imagine, longer than there's been a performance center or an NXT or any of that. So yeah, that's why those it's like autopilot when you put people like that together. You know, those those two have literally fought each other in every company they've been in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so and then that's a- also why when you see those matches, they're so violent and they can just do anything to each other. It's because there's a level of trust that's built over decades of beating the shit out of each other. Exactly, and nobody's and that- worried about the other one. Mm-hmm. And an added bonus to this was how good they both are at trash talking during the match. This was a lot of. Oh, there yeah. were a lot of believable yeah. elements thanks to them selling not only the moves but just selling everything, selling the whole atmosphere, talking to each other the entire time, never breaking kayfabe, literally wincing and screaming in pain. Like it, it made it, it added to it somewhat that this was in an empty arena because they had so much to offer vocally and audibly that uh you know the it, it couldn't have been done any other way they they made the most of what they had here you know the, the the ring bell you were actually able to hear like rollins dings kevin on with the ring bell and the match gets thrown out this nasty sounding ding which i, I like that they're able to do that and then uh owens basically uh he gets a mic and he basically says those aren't the actions of a god that they're more like the actions of a little bitch and like he wants he wants it to be restarted no dq no rules and uh Rollins agrees for whatever reason and the match continues and Owens winds up taking this beating with steel steps and a steel chair and he's on the floor and he's telling Rollins you've always been a bitch and the fact that you can hear those moments vocally like the fact that he's egging them on because we don't normally get that and you're getting it here and then he it causes him to uh to, to go in more with the chair and stuff like that you know and, and things like that and then Owens gets his heat back when he dings him with the with the bell he, he hits him a couple of times with it uh, the, the, oh. the, the, the whole culmination of this is, is Owens gets on top of the WrestleMania sign and, uh, he basically does a senton, uh, onto Rollins through the, through the announce table. And, uh, like, like Roxy said, possibly the first time someone's ever dived off of, uh, a mania sign. Yeah, that is. That's first, because it's always so high up, but yeah. You know, so but like that was. <laughs> Honest to God, I genuinely must have screamed at the TV for about 30 seconds. And that was like long. Just I was just like, and, ah. and I think I think you said it best in the chat room. The crowd benefited this moment too, because there was no building up of the crowd. He was up and he's gone. Yeah, that was one of the coolest things about it. That faster than I could <laughs> faster than I was able to have that moment, because I'm so used to that moment of oh my god, will he? Is he gonna? Is he gonna? There was none of that because there's no crowd to pander to. So he just got up and before I was able to say will he, he was already in the air. Like, oh shit. I, I looked <laughs> up and he was halfway down. Yeah, so I like those moments too. And that's also another reason why these matches work. When you got a couple of guys like this that are able to work the indies, the beauty of it is that they know how to go going back to styles that we were talking about in the beginning of this. They know how to work that style. They know now how to have a match that doesn't have those moments. You no longer can hit somebody with something and then sell it rolling around on the floor while you walk around in a 360 degree, you know, holding your hands out, screaming to the fans. Those downtimes that for you to catch your and to not get blown up and shit, those aren't there anymore. Those are gone. And if you're someone who's been in the WWE bubble for long enough, that'll fuck with you. Because you're used to being able to have those breaks, those rest holds, those moments where where the where the baby face is on the floor grabbing his knee or whatever, and your 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 back's turned to them, you're pandering to a crowd. A lot of things that they can't do anymore. Like you can't have any kind of sequences that entail someone having their back turned to the crowd that caused them to get to, to for the baby face or heel to get heat back or anything. Because that's gone. There is no crowd there. So for some people, it's awkward. For these guys, it's not. Because they're used to having that crazy style pace. They turned it up. You know, somebody else that's that's never been and had the indie loops that Owens has had would have probably stood up there and posed, put their hands on their hips and shit like a superhero, puffed their chest out, and then done the dive. 
But the fact that he just went and did it is one of the things that made this so wonderful. And the fact so, that Rollins sounded like he was going to die. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I was enjoying <laughs> WrestleMania up until this point anyway, but this match literally triggered the child wrestling fan in me. And I was so hyped for the rest. And like, this literally ignited whatever I found amazing about wrestling from when I was about three or four years old. I was just like, literally, I was there for it. I was living it. And I was like, fucking hell, I don't give a shit. If there's no audience, don't care if there's anybody else around. I was living the moment. And it was fucking amazing. Props yeah. to the guys for doing what they did. Yeah. It was oh, it was nothing short of fantastic. Yeah. yeah. And cool to say, like, hated the rest holds. Well, the thing with the rest holds, I always made those important. If there were guys who weren't like a Rollins and an Owens who had been fighting each other for years. Because they used that moment to kind of plan out maybe the next few sequences. These guys... They're planning out the next two sequences in the middle of the first one. So they yeah. don't need it. But usually with a lot of people, they do need those rest holes just to kind of plan stuff out. But Yeah. And and there, there's no planning here. You know? Yeah, there was no planning. They were just going. <laughs> Which benefited yeah. them. But it benefited them because they can do that. Because they've yeah. been this in situations wrestling. where they didn't have that. Like, Yeah, pretty much. This is yeah. it. Hands yeah, down. Like, like, yeah, night one, show stolen. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. See, guys, this is the reason why I thought it was important that everybody that Monday show we had it, we were going to do the polls and have everything up because it's like I knew it. I knew it. I felt it, you know, and I said this earlier and I'm saying it again. If this was a and it's just fantasy booking, obviously, backseat booking, shotgun booking, call it what you will. But if this was my company, if I had any say whatsoever, this is what my main event scene looks like. These are mm-hmm. the two these are the two guys who are the champion and the number one contender that go back and forth for a while and have like a crazy feud that we talk about years from now. The way we talk about oh, like yeah. Austin and Rock or Brett and Sean or Hogan and Warrior or Hogan and Macho. You know what I mean? Like or 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 you know what I mean? Like any anything that you could think of a Piper and Steamboat and any of that crazy shit that we've ever had that you can think of. These would be my two guys. And that, that doesn't mean you can't still have all that other bullshit that they love to put on the fucking card. But these would be my two guys going into the future, you know, where you where they would always have that staple of at any time. One of these guys can be the top person in the company. And, and when they do come together, it's always special. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But really done. But right now we are where we are. And I think it, we're, we're at a point where it's possible for it to change. And I think it will. Let's hope so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Our truth. Uh for some reason this is dumb as hell because didn't he take the title from mojo no he took it from mojo's towel boy riddick moss oh right i forget that yeah 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 yeah. riddick took it from mojo which is why mojo's bronx buddy now right right so our truth decides he's gonna hang out with people who know about the 24 7 title which is mojo mainly and of course gronk is there is it gronk or cronk i forgot i fucking don't know he's football boy how did i forget between segments because he's that irrelevant mgk on steroids no, don't you ever disrespect him like that. MGK but he's out there. He's he, he wants to hang out with them because it's 24-7 title. Gronk winds up knocking down Truth and he goes for a cover. Mojo pulls him off and he gets the cover instead. And then two of them are just standing there. Um, yeah. Yep, it happened. We let it happen and we're moving on. It was shitty. You know, that was <laughs> shitty. Yeah, was nothing That's giving you too much credit. <laughs> it's just building for tomorrow night, that is. Building what? Because you know damn well Gronk's going to be the 24-7 champion tomorrow. Yeah, that's Gronk's adventure for you. That's the second Just time I use that. I know. Don't hate me. Finally, was this it? We're up to the ninth match. No, nope. this is the uh, penultimate. Goldberg and Strowman. Oh yeah, 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we 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 had we had to endure another round of old of old. Okay, right. I almost forgot do. that match. But but yeah, so we had Goldberg, uh, the WWE Universal Title match with Goldberg defending against Braun Strowman. Twenty seven percent of you think Goldberg was going to win. Seventy three percent you had the faith in Braun with the finish. Who the fuck voted Goldberg? Finish being uh, Braun. Uh, well, first Goldberg hits like four spears, so we're already getting worried. It's like oh shit. But uh, mm. Strowman winds up catching him with multiple <laughs> multiple power slams, multiple power slams with this guy uh, winning the title. Braun Strowman, first time ever. He is the universal champion. Shame he couldn't be a credible champion, but I mean, hey, yeah, yeah, it, was, yeah, a full time, yeah right? it was a, a finisher match. It was just a, they were just they were just spamming finishers, which uh, yeah, yeah, that is that is tragic when that kind of stuff happens, right? But the sad part is that's barely what Goldberg can do. Yeah, well, you know, that's all he can do, and, and we're lucky that we were able, able to get that yeah. much out of him. You know, like I said, no, nah, it was it was pretty sad. It was it was pretty sad. Now now here's the deal. I know people are happy that they got the ending that they wanted and everything else. And I know you're automatically going to expect me to complain about the fact that it was just a bunch of finishers. That's not even my issue. My issue is that with all the production and money that they have, and with all of the people that they have in that wonderful creative writing room, I get that there were circumstances and Roman had to be pushed out of this. But they didn't even, they couldn't be bothered. They're taking our money and everything, whether it's $9.99 or $34.99 a night or $29.99 a night. They're taking, you know, they couldn't even be bothered with a fucking backstory explaining why or what happened of any capacity. Roman did better with the clip we played on Monday from his own phone explaining where he was and giving a promo. And they didn't even have the common sense to use that which they could have done, just use a little bit of that to explain anything. They didn't mention him at all. So you think, fine, you're not going to mention Rome. We're not going to talk too much about what's going on with Roman. But now would be a good time to maybe give Braun some sort of recognition. Nope, no recognition of heat, nothing. Not a video package, not a screenshot of the two of them, not a picture of them exchanging a few rude tweets before the match. They gave us nothing to lead into this horseshit they literally didn't care enough to just use the most minimum of resources to just do something something take a minute and a half and have Braun shoot a promo so i apparently i have to face goldberg now and nothing they didn't give enough of a fuck to hit the power button and the record button on a camera and press upload you know what I mean? Like, this is what I'm talking about. It's not like we're asking for fucking Steven Spielberg or Martin Scorsese style shit here. But this match, which is a really big match that was a focus for a long time, has now changed after all the buildup into it. And they didn't even take a few fucking minutes to throw anything together, anything to lead into them coming through that fucking curtain. It was just like, here's the match. Fuck a you. Yeah. You know, and that and that bothers me. Like they didn't care. Every aspect of this was disappointment. I mean they didn't care. You'd, you'd ex- well, it, I wouldn't say you'd expect it, but you could probably gloss over if it was something, you know, like the US championship, but for something with the prestige of the Universal Championship, it was like you said, they just like, Well, there you are. I the match. what you ordered, you're fucking yeah. having it. The, the, only problem, the only problem with that is, for one thing, the Universal title doesn't have any prestige, but they try to pretend it does. And it's not to say yeah. that for those of you that miss SmackDown, which is probably most of you at this point, it's not to say that on SmackDown. No, they went they went off there on SmackDown with it still being Roman. So it's just weird to have a network like that. You even have a pre-show, your kickoff, whatever you want to call it. Nowhere 
You didn't take a fucking minute for yourself to re to recalibrate because this match has been completely changed. They just came out and all they've been about all week, all month, ever since this, this incident has happened has been video packages. They use them whenever the fuck they get a chance. Out of nowhere, they'll just be like, oh, by the way, here is other conquistadors in 1986. <laughs> Why? What the fuck does this have to do anything? They, during SmackDown, they did Sean versus uh, Ric Flair, the retirement match. It was like, really? Why? There's nothing in here. You have a whole library of stuff to pick from, and you just, you're just throwing whatever. You can't take a few minutes to just fix this. That's all it would take. Even if we, the fans that are more conscious of stuff like that, know that it was just a copy and paste last minute patch bullshit you didn't even give that you know it was just a straight up fuck you like you said and then it's like so now he won the title and there was there was nothing there and the sad part about it is i heard some i think i heard somebody online was just like yeah it's about time it should have happened a long time ago the problem is at this point it's even pointless because Mm -hmm. now all they're saying is this was the only scenario he was ever going to win that championship and he had to get it from who at this point has become a serial transition transitional champion this is the second time he's won that title and then literally just had it long enough just to drop it in the first defense but even transitional champions get something going into this stuff i just felt like this was no momentum whatsoever and they didn't even try to just give fake momentum so rotten the only thing that's good is that it wasn't the last match I, at least they had the insight to know that this can't possibly be the last match well, hell no thank god now their lesson learned keep this old fuck away from here yes none of us don't want him here and that's not even coming from a hatred point of view that's coming from everything you got and you mean to tell me this guy has to be your top guy yeah exactly no. so here's the uh here's the braun braun backstage interview here Ooh. oh maybe not i don't know what happened there did they give you a Braun? Like, nope, I had enough. Yeah, right. I thought we had a Braun one. I'll try but to. At get least that it wasn't Goldberg. <laughs> I mean, I'd, I'd want to laugh at him being fucking Muslim. How do you feel about losing the, the universal at least title? It wasn't, <gasps> at least it wasn't Goldberg. Write it down. <laughs> that motherfucker was gassed before he even got out the fucking chain. I love how when Rick, I love how Rick was like, "Yeah, it's gonna be a short ramp," and I'm like, "That don't make a difference." No, it was a way shorter ramp though. You know, otherwise they would have had to put him in a little mini ring like they used to do Andre and just kind of kind of towed him there. <laughs> at least Andre has an excuse. Like, yeah, no, yeah. but uh, like I said, I don't think it did justice to anyone, and I, I certainly didn't do. It only did justice to Goldberg's wallet, which is one of yeah. the things that makes it saddest of all. It was kind of like here, here's something for for Goldberg's wallet specifically, because the fans didn't want this. Like nobody wanted it. The only thing we did was transition it over to Braun, and like I said in the chat room, I would have made it where instead of it being the three power slams, I would have made it four, and on the fourth one, he would have picked his body up off the floor. You know, like he would have literally uh, broken the pin by picking him up by the head and giving him the last one. Not because of Goldberg, but uh, just to make Braun look really strong going into his feud with uh, Roman. You know, like this is the guy who destroyed Goldberg. Like he even he was such a monster that he picked him up off of the apron. You know what I mean? Like, I just yeah. think that that's a, a cool effect. Anyway, here's the, here's the Braun thing, I believe. I don't know if we have Braun, it. congratulations. The new Universal Champion. Hey, hang on, hang on. Yeah. Can you say that one more time, please? Absolutely. Braun Strowman, the new Universal Champion. Like, honestly, like hearing that in my head right now, I don't even believe it's real. Like, this is something that... So many people have told me I would never achieve. So many people told me that I didn't deserve to because of what I've been through in life and things like that. But this is proof right here 
that no matter what, if you work your butt off for something that you believe in and dream, that you can achieve anything. Right here is proof that you can achieve anything if you put your mind to it. Give him an awesome pump. Thank you. For fuck's he was, sake. He was too winded to continue, right? <laughs> yeah. See, 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 what you couldn't see was Goldberg on the respirator in the background. So he... <laughs> they had to give him that man muscle, man. You got to be ready for these things. Yeah. I'm like, fuck, did you work your ass off for it? You were just handed the opportunity. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Bullshit. Oh, God. Sorry. Yeah, he, he, he still got heat after that indie jab anyway. I don't know if you... Yeah. You. yeah. I don't even care that he won it. I'm just glad yeah. that Goldberg's not the champion anymore. I'm glad that he fucking ride off into the sunset and do whatever the fucking hell he wants with this fucking geriatric ass. Get the fuck up out of here. Like like you said, uh, like, like you've said before, Roxy, to quote, you've, you've had shit sex better than that than that jackhammer he does. I have had Yo, shit sex better than that fucking failed jackhammer. Man. When, Let me tell you. When he hooked him up for that jackhammer, I was like, wait a minute, motherfucker, you can't lift you... people. I was like, you can't lift people liar than you. I was Stop like, don't you fucking dare, mate. Don't I am dare. not. I will not toll the bell ten times for this man. All right. <laughs> no, I don't want to toll the bell once for this man. Oh God, no. I don't like Braun, but damn it, I don't need him to get dropped on his head this next snap because you can't fucking go. Like, no. Yeah, I don't know if this is the most uneventful championship because we've had quite a few. That's the sad part. You know, the sad part about it is I feel like at least in other cases where it was like a really fast one, like throw example out there uh, when Kane won the ECW title from Chavo. At least we know there's more there. Like this Mm -hmm. was probably exceeding what Goldberg can do. Ah, that's like that is like 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 you you have guy who can't do anything more than what we saw and he can barely do that versus guy who realistically just kind of got handed this so it's like he yeah this might have been the most un- i felt nothing after this like uh, no well i was elated because Goldberg wasn't champion anymore i didn't give a fuck who fucking won it yeah. could have given I mean, it to I, fucking gilberg for all i could care i mean at least gilberg <laughs> could hit the moves right something <laughs> give it to fucking gronkowski no, point. don't do that. See, now you, now, now, now you pushing it. Yeah, she said she rather. She said she rather have Dwayne Gill than Goldberg. Yes. <laughs> I'll never forget the first real. time he came out like that. The job squad. <laughs> Remember when he was the job squad? Dwayne Gill. It was him, Blue Meanie, Scorpio, Al Snow. Oh God, dude! I keep talking about stories from my first Raw. He was there because that was a rock concert too. He fucking and I saw him, him and I'll never forget the guy behind me goes, who the fuck is that? That's Dwayne Gill, man. I popped when they made when they did the Gilbert thing with him. I was just like, are you shitting me? How, it's so it's so ridiculous, yet how did no one ever see it? <laughs> Every time he shows up, the crowd pops. Every time. The fucking job squad. Because he, he sells it so well. <laughs> I love the fact that the other members of the job squad were holding the, those uh, sparklers. Like when he came out. <laughs> Instead of it being like the actual pyro, it was like all all of them like on the left and right side of him holding sparklers, and you had to walk through like ah, and then they use a fire extinguisher to put him out. Oh god, <laughs> good times, <laughs> good times. Okay, uh, we're almost there. We're almost there. We're almost at the end of match. night one. Next, we get the uh, the boneyard match, and this match had more than soup bones in it. Oh, way more. Oh. Yeah, so it's interesting the way that this was done. You know, I got to say before we go into it, it was a lot of it was, there was a lot of Hardy estate 
style stuff happening with this. You know, yeah. This boneyard oh, yeah. match finally basically just a just a buried alive match because they didn't want to use that term yet undertaker versus aj styles with 74 percent of you saying undertaker's gonna go over 26 percent saying aj styles and of course aj gets buried alive yeah and uh this was interesting this was done this was hardcore lucha underground slash matt hardy production here <laughs> yeah this felt like a lucha underground bit I think that's why I got excited. I was like, oh, these are the days. There were some cool elements to it. Undertaker showing up with that badass intro with the music and everything. Oh. You know. Maybe it's just because I was I, I felt like AJ would have been trolling. I thought that might have been Gallows and we just couldn't get a good look at him. No, <laughs> I the moment that the Undertaker, the, the the false Undertaker intro happened, I knew it was AJ. Before the coffin oh, even opened, because it was like he's already in biker mode. He wasn't gonna do a biker promo be american badass and then come out like the undertaker so like as it was happening i i knew immediately that i had to be aj they didn't fool me for a second with that and then the motorcycle oh. one i knew was going to be taker they did a wonderful job with that they um, got me yeah really you thought he'd come out of the casket, fucking thing like that? How, the casket opened i went motherfucker they're you not know even, what it was? They're not even corny think, enough I, I, even wwe's not corny enough for that to have been the undertaker's intro no no they're corny enough <laughs> they just didn't go there they had Gronk as the host. They're corny enough. Nah, I knew. I said it out loud. I, I I said it out loud to the girlfriend. You know, I forget what she said, but I responded, that's AJ. <laughs> I just remember saying it like after it was doing the do do I was like, no, that's AJ. You're not going to fucking. Are you kidding me? You think he's going to come out like that like, for this? It's because like, it seems like a trolley AJ thing to do. So I was just like, yeah, that's probably AJ. Yeah. But, so. I would have been surprised if it was Taker, but the sad part is I don't put it past him at this point. I took for granted you know I, I should have typed that shit as it was happening. AJ, you know, <laughs> like, <who? laughs> it was oh, even weird okay. for him. When does he come? So like, invested in it from beginning to end. That's and what it, it was. It would have even been out of character for him. Like in all the decades I've been watching Undertaker, when the fuck has he ever started by coming out of a coffin into a match? When he's not known to come. He's out never of, done what, like a Darby Allen move. Like, he's what never is, done it. What does he count Dracula? <laughs> Well, except for that one time he was turned at the virus here. He's so been in. That wasn't even never, a match. So. He's never started coming out of a coffin. It was just weird. It was just awkward for the Undertaker. <laughs> That'd be great for the Undertaker to come out. Doom. Bay. Blah. 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 He rides out of the fucking thing. Doom. That's what I want. Instead of him coming up, just just, just sitting up like regular Undertaker, I want him to have like boogie hands, like blah, <laughs> cross his eyes and shit. Come out of a fucking coffin. <laughs> that would have been me. That would have been when I turned the fucking TV off. Like at the point where after all, can you fucking imagine if after all that fucking biker shit that he said about the faith breaker and getting her over and everything, how motherfucker would have come out of a coffin? <laughs> Like the the next time he shows up at a WrestleMania when everything's back where they have a crowd again, I want him when he does the pose at the end and says to go, yeah, he goes, Bleh. just once. You know, just gotta do it one time. Let's look at dramatic shit, the fireworks, the fucking whatever it is, and one, and all you see is big. You guys are you guys were, were thinking that that was him, yet had it been him, you would have not accepted it. It would have hit you right after it happened. True. Like right after yeah. he came, you would have been like, he came out of a fucking coffin. You're 100% correct. <laughs> like, I'm glad weird? they got me. Oh, I'm glad they got me too. It would have been worse if they didn't. Right. Oh, yeah. 
But yeah, this was um, and like I like what Squire said. Realistically, this wasn't a match, but it was never really meant to be a match. This was a fight in the graveyard. <laughs> yeah, it was a uh, a little overproduced. I get what they were going for here. Um, it was a lot of basic brawling, whipping each other like into stuff, lots of strikes until Taker punches AJ into like a grave, and then they have like a sequence where like Gallows and Anderson show up to take out AJ, and all these hooded men. Where the hell do they get these guys? But they show up and they surround Taker, and he has to beat up all these hooded guys, and then he has to take out Gallows and Anderson. He beats them up with like a shovel stick, and then uh, he's so distracted beating them up that then AJ like he he winds up showing up behind him. He hits Taker as like I don't know he had like a big fucking cement piece of plaster that he breaks over his back it looked, it looked like a really it looked like a really fragile tombstone yeah a, a, aj uh aj rams taker into a wooden fence and it collapses behind them they don't go through it but it just collapses down behind them aj winds up hitting taker with like a shovel and he falls into a grave but then as he's about Taker's to bury selling him, was amazing but then as he gets in the truck to bury him yeah like like taker appears like behind him and it's like you know with the light and everything and i guess it's his darkness powers because now aj's on the run and he's using his darkness powers to scare aj like he throws his hands up and fire and shit come on is scaring aj uh they're, they're on top of what were they like on a barn or something it, 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 yeah it, it was like a barn with i even said it before and if you live in a live in the south you know this that thing's not built for fighting on top of you take one small step and gone <laughs> yeah, so he, he went to taking a tombstone on top of that. I was scared the whole time, not because they were so high up. I was like, oh, fuck, don't hit the soft spot, don't hit the soft spot. Yeah, Undert- Undertaker had a visible wound on one of his arms. I believe it was his right arm underneath the elbow. Yeah, it was, um, uh, it was when he, I think he AJ was leaned up chance. against a hearse, and he smashed his arm against it, and I guess he opened up his arm. Yeah, it looked yeah. a little rough, but he was okay. I don't think it was it was damaged or anything because he was able to pull AJ. Nah. That's the arm he used to pull AJ and drag him across the the farm. Or yeah, yeah, was. He, he was fine. It was more just like cosmetic damage because he was using that arm fully. So yeah, so now we're on top of the barn, tombstone on top of it. Uh, choke slams him off of it, and he asks him what's his wife's name again. And at this point, like AJ's like begging for his life and everything, and uh, what happened after this? He winds up ultimately he winds up knocking him uh he winds up knocking him into the thing after some begging stuff. He sort of brings him close, like he embraces him and he's like, you know, don't worry, man. Like, you know, you, you were a good match. You know, he sort of yeah. almost hugs him, you know, he's like, You did good. You know, yeah, you he basically boots him into the, into the just, Yeah, and then he winds yeah. up booting him into the thing to bury him alive. He just throws a little dirt on him because, you know, there wouldn't be any way for AJ to resurrect. He doesn't have dark side powers. So like right. just a little bit of dirt there just to signify the end of the match, and then like the Undertaker goes over. And uh and right, and right before he leaves, he goes It'd be great if uh, it'd be great if even though time comes by, yeah, it'd be good. Would that be great? Just the fucking eagle, big. Yeah, it'd be great if AJ shows up on like uh, a future show and he's like covered, like he's still dirty or whatever. Like, right, he, like, like he's he almost just, like hasn't bathed in a month. Like he just got out. Maybe they could I've been use the shirt as a selling point because in the t-shirt you got um, AJ Styles' hand coming up from the grave, haven't you? Yeah, and it's the corniest shot of the entire pay-per-view. I get it. I like it for the corniness. But yeah, that last shot of AJ's hand <laughs> sticking up from the grave. Like, oh, man. Cringe. That was like a, that, that was like a thousand ways to die shot. Like, I cringe pop because it was like, look at how stupid that looks. <laughs> look at how stupid this whole thing is. It's so stupid. Is that, it's good. It's so is that, stupid, is, is, but it was so wonderful. Is that the only time a cringe pop will be acceptable? Yeah, and, you know, and Undertaker's breathing, you could hear how shallow his breathing was getting, man. He had that really oh, shallow dude. breathing, you know? He, you, you could, like, I love, I don't know if that was more his selling or anything, but, yeah, when he got drove through that uh, that fencing, like, he sounded oh. rough. He was a couple was of sat- fucking shallow breaths away from a test kit. I was sat there <laughs> with my fists clenched and my eyes glazed over, just going, please, get up, Taker. I was like, stand up, I'm so Like, in the softest voice, I was like, please get up. It's kind of like 
it's kind of like that ep- like that uh, film, The Lion King, where you know Mufasa's <laughs> gonna die, That's and fuck. you kind of like, oh, don't you go man. there, don't you go. That's a fuck me up to this day. <laughs> I was ready. Like, no, no, you were not gonna move faster him on this show, goddammit. <laughs> Not gonna move on. That's how I felt. I'm just you like, compare, this you compare that shit to Mufasa's death. Right? <laughs> Mufasa didn't get back up. Damn it! <laughs> Don't do that shit to me. Mufasa didn't fucking teleport behind somebody and go big. Like no. <laughs> but in in all seriousness, the fact that this match was so fantastic in the way it was produced, it gives me a real, real good feeling for the Firefly Funhouse match tomorrow. Yeah, because I want to say it's supposed to be around the same type of theme. So. Yeah, so I've got big, big hopes for that, so please don't let me down, WWE. I mean, don't you do that to me. So far, I mean, they got the hang of it, you know what I mean? Like They, they got the hang of, of whatever the hell this new era is that we're in, the empty arena era. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can you there imagine you what the next game's gonna look like? You want to make it realistic to the time, right? We can't have crowds. That's right. just yeah. gonna be able Everything to run. to be for the performance center. That's just gonna be able to run at 120 frames per second. <laughs> There's gonna be nothing in the background holding that shit back. It's like, yeah, this is the most empty. This is this is like the hyperbolic time chamber of WWE games. There's nothing here but us. All I'm saying is, 2K, just just throw in my zombie AJ and I'll be happy. You know, they'd be glad yeah, not to have crowds there. If it was up to 2K, they wouldn't they wouldn't render the crowds or the wrestlers. They would just sell you the ring. <laughs> You know, that's where they are. It's unbelievable. But yeah, I I, I think that a uh, very good night one. To oh, this. yeah. I think that it, it was very exciting. And it's cool because now we know that tomorrow we're going into the second night of this with, with cool stuff, you know. Oh, and, yeah. uh, and I'd imagine we probably pull up a few more viewers tomorrow night because people who decided to not watch. I don't think there's anybody out there who decided not to watch. Like, there's probably a few people who are like, oh, I ain't going to watch. But you know, you're going to fucking watch anyway. But those yeah. who did decide not to watch they'll come on like social media platforms or catch up with it on the network and they'll go do you know what maybe i will stay up and watch it live because it was actually really really good they worked so well with what they had i mean all right goldberg and braun Strowman aside i was so pleasantly surprised and i was so fucking hyped for it and even though it wasn't wrestlemania that we've grown accustomed to it was still a fantastic pay-per-view and i fucking loved it I, well said, Roxy. Well said. Yeah. I can't say more than that. Genuinely, yeah, pretty much. much. Yeah. Top, and top fucking notch. And it will all pass. Everything that you're going through, anything that everyone has to do, it's all going to pass. Things, things will be fine. Uh, the reason why this couldn't have been postponed as much as we gave them shit for that is because at the end of the day, WrestleMania takes a lot, a lot of preparation. And uh, for them to just hold it off for a couple of months, if it's the kind of WrestleMania that you wanted, it would have hurt more than it would have helped. And quite frankly, I think this helped. I think everyone needed yeah. a good WrestleMania, even if this was all of WrestleMania. This, I think everyone needed something, and this was done very positively. And on a higher, brighter note, just to once again remind you that no different than anything else, it's going to be business as usual for the wrestling world and business as usual here. The last thing that they posted up was the trailer for WrestleMania 37.
back to Hollywood, huh? Hey, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, very interesting. So, um, was, um, looking forward to a Hollywood WrestleMania to a packed stadium. It's gonna be cool. We're already on our way there. You know, this was a once in a lifetime experience, and uh, you know, you can one day, one day we'll all talk about it. Like, remember when this happened? You know, embrace it for what it is. Yeah, and uh, I'm glad know. we were here for it. Genuinely, yeah. oh, absolutely. Yeah. I'm glad we were here for all of it. Very grateful to all of you that hung in there uh, and have been a part of this so far. The, the weekend is still young and still a lot more stuff. And who knows, I might even stream some other content in between uh, this going on if I if I have the time, you know, just to uh, just to keep the weekend going strong, you know, while there while there's not much to do. That being said, before we even get into that, I want to talk a little bit about uh, what we're going to be getting into tomorrow because now we have a cleaner image of what matches are left. So with day two, you're going to be getting your singles match of Dolph Ziggler versus Otis which is very interesting that we had that Sonya Deville heel turn on SmackDown. For those of you who didn't watch it, there was a big revelation on SmackDown where, if you guys recall for the past few months, there's been like this static, this interference appearing on the screen, uh, sort of like teasing that someone's going to be showing up. You know, there was going to be some sort of, there was some sort of strange interference. I'm sure you guys have all caught it. You know what I'm talking about? Like the screen, the screen will become staticky or whatever. Uh, they finally revealed there was a person behind like a control room. It's almost like a GTV style thing. If you guys remember during the Attitude Era, you had GTV where it would go into bathrooms and it would spy on people. And uh, that's how st- storylines would, would like uh, come to light and things like that. Well, uh, that being said, they, they sort of did that. And what you find out is that Sonya Deville's been working with uh, Dolph Ziggler all along. Deleting messages on Mandy's phone and doing things to uh, to sort of... Uh, keep her and Otis apart they were both talking about you hear on the phone telling uh what you hear with Ziggler saying you know we're both going to get what we want out of this so this person appears on the screen on the camera on the Tron after their match and they reveal this so Mandy's in the ring and she sees this and she's shocked she looks over at Sonya she can't believe she was betrayed and she walks off and Sonya goes chasing after her and then uh Otis goes chasing after Ziggler and what I like about him chase is that Ziggler is running from Otis. They do the whole thing where he runs around the ring and uh, you know, the thing where the, where the heel runs around the ring and up the ramp to safety. But the way they do this different, which was cool is that Otis gets close enough as he's going up the ramp where he reaches and, and basically grazes Ziggler enough to clip him <laughs> and fucking Ziggler rolls. Like he falls, tumbles, rolls back to his feet and then still goes like he still makes it. But I just like that little extra added. Like he almost got like, like he fucking, cause I remember going, Oh shit, he clipped him. Like I didn't expect cause normally, normally the heel just makes it up the ramp clean. But Otis, it, it was legit. He sold his anger so well that he almost made him. He almost fucking caught up to him. And he clipped the guy. You see him stumble and roll. And which just make, which uh, that has to be the scariest thing. Somebody that big almost catching you. You know, and then backstage, uh, Sonya can't talk to Mandy. She's in, she's inconsolable. And I think that's a, that was a cool story. I like that they did that. We still don't know who the person is because they showed, they showed the person from the camera angle. If you guys know the Miz's WrestleMania entrance, that back view with all the screens, that was the camera angle of this hooded person, whoever it is that's been controlling this whole thing. So I'm, that might be something that's revealed tomorrow night. 
Maybe there's some yeah. sort of a storyline in store there. I didn't even think it's funny because that those little sequences were coming up all over the place. I didn't even think it would have anything to do with that. But it could be a GTV thing where we're going to start seeing it interfere with other people's storylines and revealing other shit, just like GTV did, you know. And yeah. uh, and then maybe later on it's revealed and it's a character, someone we're not thinking of, or someone who's going to be introduced that they got that they got a contract with. So we'll see. That's exciting. Yeah, I've heard. Gonna, uh, I've heard a minor rumor who it might be. Oh yeah, who? One name I heard thrown out was because you notice the symbol that always pulls up is um a lit up circle. I had uh somebody tell me once, could that be Ali's hand light? It'd be weird for it to be Ali, but it'd be out of nowhere. Mm. Well, we're gonna have to see. I'd like to see that uh, it might not necessarily come to light tomorrow, but they're gonna have to touch base on the fact that it happened. So it's gonna be interesting yeah. to see where that goes. So tomorrow night you got Otis versus Ziggler with that storyline. You got the last man standing match of Edge versus Randy Orton. You have Bobby Lashley versus Alistair Black. You have the Street Profits defending their Raw Tag Team titles against Angel Garza and Austin Theory. You have the SmackDown Women's Fatal Five-Way match for the title with Bayley defending against Tamina, Naomi, Sasha Banks, and Lacey Evans. You have the NXT Women's title match with Rhea Ripley defending against Charlotte Flair. You have the WWE title match with Brock Lesnar defending against Drew McIntyre. You have your Firefly Funhouse match with John Cena fighting The Fiend. And to kick everything off, they start with... Natalia versus Liv Morgan as the kickoff match. So there's a pretty stacked card. You have another nine matches to go. And uh, a lot more stuff can happen. I think they balanced out these two cards very well when we're able to look yeah. at what's left. And there's still a lot of interesting stuff here. So, uh, yeah. Fun stuff, guys. I, I, I hope stacked that you, card. Mm-hmm, hope you've all enjoyed yourselves. Anything else you guys want to say before we wrap it up here? Um, No, I think that was it for me. I mean... I like the two-night format because we don't feel burnt out by the time we show up here. It's actually a really nice touch. I mean, even though, of course, it's probably not going to be a regular thing, but it, it was a good idea because now we're coming into the second half of the pay-per-view fresh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then yeah. I feel like what you're saying about like the two-night thing, the way that they could actually work WrestleMania week to make it feel like a week is maybe that for that week, have your Monday Night Raw move SmackDown to Tuesday, have your NXT on the Wednesday, and then your Hall of Fame on the Thursday, NXT TakeOver Friday, and then a two-part WrestleMania Saturday and Sunday. That way, you've got a full week of content that you can sit down, relax, and enjoy, and like you said, not get burnt out with a fucking eight-hour mania. Uh, I feel that this uh, works better. You can have that shit. I don't want there to be that much wrestling. (laughs) Well, (laughs) cool, though. It's a, it's a, it's a, it'll be a fun, fun week. Maybe like, only for that one week. Just yeah. that one week. Oh yeah, only for that one week. Because just to make it special. I mean, we call it WrestleMania week. Fill it up. Yeah. Well, they Why made not? they made this one special. We had uh, we had where are they now? Gene Snitsky and Eva Marie. I mean, half of that. Maybe people give a shit about. I mean, yeah. Which half? All, all, all I'm saying is Snitsky's beer game is legit. That was the right. specials going into WrestleMania week. The two specials they put are where are they now? Gene Snitsky. Where are they now? Eva Marie. Instead of who gives a fuck, which would should have been the name of the specials. Mm-hmm. I mean, at least at least at least Snitsky has his beer game going for him. I mean, Eva's just there. So I mean, they're, they're that not in the way. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not, not, not trying to dance across the screen. They're just fucking walking like a dunce, but you know. But yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Yep, that is it, guys. Awkward, I love how awkward that segue from Eva Marie was. That was great. Yeah, that, that is <laughs> it, guys. All right, well, we will be back here tomorrow. That being said, thank you to everyone who hung out with us for this entire night. 
uh, Emang, Willie V2, AC, Stasis Dreams, Cooler Ice, Sugar Shane, Matt Squires, Mark 710, Spartan Jesus, Tol- Tony Solis 66, Little RJ Unlimited, Fire Striker 24, Os Broski, Harlem 399, Timotheus 00T, and True Solid 74, as well as all of you listening on iTunes, Stitch Radio, TuneIn, SoundCloud, and across all various platforms on demand. Don't forget, tomorrow night, we will conclude WrestleMania weekend with day two. We're going to go into all of those matches, as we just said. Uh, there will be, the polls are still up for anyone who hasn't done them. They will be up fresh tonight with just the day two polls. So it's not too late to vote if you haven't already on those matches. Hope to see you tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen. You have been listening to Talk Brunch Live, hosted by yours truly, Rick Dara, a.k.a. Captain Brunch. This has been your WrestleMania 36 Night 1 post show. For myself, Destin, and Roxy, we are out of here. See you for night two. See you tomorrow, guys. Shut it down.